0: Romans, Romans is just amazing book, and God is saying and doing a lot of things for us in Romans. Um, I I told you a little bit of the background why I, I did it. I felt like there were people in this house uh, more apt and more capable than I to teach Romans, but the Lord had told me, woke me up early one morning and told me he wanted me to teach on Romans, and uh, he t- even told me he wanted me to write on Romans, and I'm thinking, no, that's too... Deep for me, too didactic, you know, when you teachy, ye, teachy, ye, every little word means something, every little means something. No, no, I want to generalize. But anyway, so let's look at it. Uh, now, he's talking about Abraham's justified before God. My subject is Romans chapter 4, part 3. That's all it is. I, I didn't have anything ingenious to say. Abraham justified before circumcision that 's my first point. Abraham is justified before he was circumcised, but I want you to know that Romans is written to uh, uh, god 's people living in Rome, uh, believing Jews and believing Gentiles, and they're living in the midst of pagans and and life is good, but they don 't know quite how they should grow in all of that they They, they need to grow in the Lord and, and show Jesus while they're growing, but they don't quite have all the tools. And so it, it parallels our day. We are living in a crazy day. But some Christians are totally oblivious to it. They don't even think so. And it's because they have been, in many regards, secularized. They have, be- they have become worldly without knowing it. And some Christians will argue with you about the things that they think, but they don't realize they have been propagandized by the world. And, and, and so what we are doing in here is teaching us and growing together so that we will, as Jesus has told us, come out from among them and be separate, amen. you know, and then God's going to cl- clean us, cleanse us uh, by his, the washing of uh, the water of his word and through the Holy Spirit. So, Amen. And so when I talk about the law, I'm talking about Mosaic, the Mosaic law. The Jews were the only people group. That's, that's just mind-boggling. The Jews were the only people group on the planet who had a, real, a relationship with God. In that they had, of all the other people, we were Gentile crazy folks. Uh, Gentile crazy folks. But they were the only people group. And um, they had the law of Moses. God gave Moses the law. And that all the, the, the do's and the don'ts, you know, a lot of don'ts, don't, 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 you know. And, and then we, they had the covenants. They had covenants uh, with God. They had uh, uh, promises from God. And so they were, they were God's people. So they began to put faith in the law. Like, like some people put in uh, faith in going to church. I go to church. But That's not enough. And it was not enough for them to keep the law. So let's look at it because we live in the same kind of situation that the brothers and sisters in Rome live with. So, and if I get a little cloudy, if you just do something like that, you know, uh, you know, I'll know you're not saying hi. All right? All right, super. So Abraham was justified. When we say, speak of justification, we think of a declaration of righteousness that says you meet God's approval. We've said something off and on, and I think I said something earlier, that if our faith has not changed us, our faith hasn't saved us. You know, for if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation, a new kind of humanity, not just a new creature, a new kind of humanity. And all things, the Bible says, have all passed away, and behold, all things have become new. And so we have to grasp that. And this was really the thought that Paul is getting over to the Christians in Rome. You can't live like the devil and say you're safe. And that's basically what he's saying. So our faith changes us. It saves us, absolutely, but changes us. And so he's saying that Abraham was justified before circumcision because like a lot of church folks today, we think we're saved because we go to church. We think we're saved because we listen to Christian music from time to time. And so they, we got the law, that's it. And they were doing other, the same things that, that they were condemning Gentiles for doing. This is big stuff. Now let's read. So Paul writes, does this blessedness that is of justification, that is a declaration of righteousness, does this blessedness then come upon the circumcised only or upon the uncircumcised also? For we say that faith was accounted to Abraham for righteousness. How then was it accounted? Now, we, want, we know that it's an accounting term in the sense that uh, God credits you. For example, if, if someone just generously credit your bank account for a million dollars, man, wouldn't that be something? You say, well, I didn't do anything to deserve it. It doesn't it didn't matter. They credit it to you. They, out of the goodness of their heart, they credit it to you. And what God is saying to all of us is that he credits righteousness to us when we say, God, I believe that Jesus Christ was your son. I, I believe that he rose from the dead. And God says, that's all I require of you. Now now, 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 coupled with that, of course, is repentance from your sin. God, I've been wrong. You're right. Forgive me. I believe that Jesus is son. So, so coupled together, that's what God says, okay, I, I deem you righteous right now. And, and, I, and I, will never, I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. That that's like almost something for nothing, you know. You know, God gives you everything, and you gave Him just, you know. I'm sorry for the bad person I've been. That's big stuff. The, oh wow, I could go off on a, on on a, a tributary for that, with that. So then, how then was it accounted? It's A very important question. He, and so Paul asked the question because they're they're banking on circumcision, they're banking on on the law that they have. And he asked them the question. Now, I'm I'm saying to all of us, uh, brothers and sisters, we can't just go to church and then live like we want to live and keep doing what we've always done. That's not good enough. And the world needs us. The world does not need better politics and you being on the right side of the political debate and argument. That's hogwash. That's rubbish. The world needs the church to be what God has already defined us to be, that, that is the salt of the earth. You know, the light of the world. A city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. And even though they throw rocks at the city, we still are shining. Even though they, they, they murder, we still shine. That's what God wants from us. And that is only seen through Jesus Christ. It, Paul says it's seen in the face of Jesus Christ. That is, the knowledge of the glory of the Lord covers the earth how? In the face of Jesus Christ. So every message, every nuance of our lives must show Jesus Christ. And not in just some religious way. But but in, in, in reality. Listen to what he says. He says, how then was it accounted? While he was circumcised or uncircumcised? He says, not circumcised. So this righteousness was not, put it on the books, uh, while he was circumcised. He says, but while uncircumcised, and that just blows a hole in most Jewish arguments. Blows a big hole because they thought oh, we've got circumcision, and we were the only people group that that you know there were other people who practiced circumcision, but they didn't have Yahweh as their God. So they had circumcision, they had Yahweh, they had the covenants, they had the law, they had promises from God Almighty, the uncreated God, and so and so, but Paul blows a hole in their their debate, their argument. He said, no, Abraham was circumcised, I mean, was um, declared righteous, was justified while he was still uncircumcised. (sighs) Now, let's look at this. Let's look at this. And he, he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith which he had while still uncircumcised that he might be the father of all those who believe, though they are uncircumcised, that righteousness might be imputed, given freely to them also. And he is the father, I added he is, and he is the father of circumcision to those who not only are of the circumcision, those who are not only Jewish, but also walk in the steps of the faith, which our father Abraham had while still uncircumcised. Yeah, yeah. So uh, he was, Abraham was declared righteous as an uncircumcised people, and they could not claim, okay, without doing the works of God, that they were really God's people. So you and I must do the works of God. And as I said, if, and this faith that God has given to us will enable us to do the work of God now, now let's kind of read, and I'm going a little fast, but don't, just don't hold that against me. Forgive me. And then what I want you to do is you can go online, uh, I think uh, YouTube or Sister Rose, What did we go? We can go on YouTube, and you can listen to this first uh, message this morning. And so let me, I told you earlier that um, Abraham was 86 years old when Ishmael was born, and uh, Sarah wanted him to go into Hagar, her servant girl, and have a child, I guess, to help God out. <laughs> Let's help God out, and you'll have that son, because Abe, you're getting old. And so, um, and then he was 99 years old, that, that is another 14 years, before, before he... Um, received the the right of or, or circumcised, before he was circumcised. And it was an outward token of the justification that he already had received from God. So, it was a token, an outward sign, a seal of what he already had. All right? And so, and Paul talks about this in 1 Corinthians in chapter 9 verse 2, he says to the Corinthians, if I am not an apostle to others, yet doubtless I am to you, or without wavering I am to you, for you are the seal of my apostleship in the Lord. So Paul is saying to them, the Corinthians were the seal of his apostleship, just as, as circumcision was the seal of something that God had already done. This, this blows a hole in it. And I think that what we are doing today, and I want all believers here to know that, and those of you who are online, to know that the church is being turned to Jesus Christ like never before. Must be. Must be. Must be. Because God has a promise. his word has gone out, that the knowledge of the glory of the Lord, of God, of the Lord, will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. And Paul tells us this is done in the face of Jesus Christ. That's what Paul says, in the face of Jesus Christ. So we must present Jesus Christ, not our pet doctrines, all right? Are we okay? All right, super. Now let me, I, I must say Romans 2, verses 28 to 29, say, uh, these verses say, For he is not a Jew who is one outwardly. So we have to understand that. And even our, uh, our Jewish friends, we can, we can tell them the truth without being nasty. You can even tell your drunken brothers and sisters without being nasty, because such were some of us. Look here, he says. He says, He is not a Jewish one outwardly, nor is circumcision that which is outward in the flesh. And so, Paul brings this thing to home, like like right to our our faces. He says, it's not what you think, but he is a Jew who is one inwardly. And circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit, not in the letter, not in the written code, whose praise is not from men, but from God. And and I want to say respectfully and lovingly, Because I am never anti-Semitic. My dad taught me when I was a young boy. To love the Jewish people. And thus he taught me to love all people. I have nothing against anybody. All the pain I may have had from from some groups, I don't have any of that. Because Jesus heals us. We We are all one. And it doesn't matter what somebody has done. Who are you now? Who are you now? And so I, I respectfully say this to my 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 Jewish friends. And I and I and I want to all be full throated. I want to make you jealous because I'm enjoying everything that God intended for you. I want to make you jealous. I told now this is jealous. This is what jealousy is like. I'm not a, I'm not bothered if some guy pays attention to his wife. Or somebody else, I may think it's improv. But jealousy is when he pays too much attention to my wife, and she acts like she's. (laughs) Oh, oh! Somebody said, "Well, he got a jealous spirit." Yes, yes. And you need to move on. You know, (laughs) that's what jealousy. So I want to (laughs) make I want to make all the Jews jealous, as I enjoy what God had for them, and you ought to want the same thing but I'm respectful of him. So I say to all of my Jewish friends, you cannot be an irreligious Jew. You cannot be... I'm a Jewish, but I'm not religious. You cannot be a Jew. You may be Israeli. You may be somebody who is of Hebrew extraction, but you're not a Jew because he is a Jew who who is one inwardly. Inwardly. And circumcision is that of the heart. Something has changed your heart. And God wants us to know that. Let me remove quickly. The promise is granted through faith. The promise of justification of, of all that God wanted to do, uh, giving uh, Abraham uh, uh, heirship to the world. That, that's crazy. I mean, by crazy, I mean like, like the young people use it. You know, like, wow, ooh, man. I mean, not like crazy like we old folks use it. We think insane. Going to the asylum. But so, he, so I feel like, wow, God found a man who would believe him and say, I'm going to give you the world. I'm going to give you every nation in the world. Wow. Did this fascinate you? You ought to be, sometimes when I'm reading my Bible, I'm going, wow, God, ooh, man. I read some more, ooh, Jesus, ooh, wow. Really? Yeah. You know, yeah, that's how I read it. This is amazing stuff. You and I have been called to the kingdom. God has invited us in. We were unworthy, and God made us worthy. We were ungodly, and God made us godly. We were unrighteous, and God made us righteous. Come on, man. This is big stuff. So don't be sitting here with your own ideas, your own philosophies. We don't need that. We need you to cooperate with the Word of God and the Spirit of God and be the people of God, be salt and light in the the world. I'm not taking these political sides. I can't stand them. And I promise to be full-throated henceforth, full-throated, because we are going somewhere. I sense it. I sense it. I sense it. We're going somewhere. Let's go together. Let's go with God. Let's do whatever he wants. Jesus died for us. Uh, and a, and a, an estimate of 117 billion people have lived on the planet and only one of them got up and that's the one I'm following I'm not going to follow all those dead philosophers you know yeah they have they may have philosophized but they are dead and many of them are going to stay dead but not annihilated they're going to be alive somewhere but they're going to be dead to God come on everybody wow Whew, for the for the for the, let me get on 13. For the promise that he would be the heir of the world. That's mind-boggling. Not was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void and the promise made of no effect. That's just so beautiful. We need to just chew on this and stay here all day and have lunch and come back and have a panel and talk about it. I'm serious. This is too beautiful. Can you imagine if it were of the law? Um, for if those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void. It's empty. It's nothing. And the promise made of no effect can't bring anything, can't take anything. Because the law brings about wrath. For where there is no wrath, there is no transgression. Let me show, show you this way. But Paul ri- 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 uh, writes in Galatians 3.17, Paul writes and says, and this I say, that the law, which was 430 years later, cannot annul, cannot annul the covenant that was confirmed before by God. Listen, in Christ, God made these promises. Oh, Jesus. <sighs> Knowing Through this man, he was going to bring the Savior. Made these promises to him based on the coming of Christ. And now Christ has come and we have Christ living in our heart. We should live fully for God. Ah, wow. So he confirmed him in Christ. Therefore nothing coming after that could, null, could annul it. Amen. That's why I say to people, I know there are some people God, God help them, but they, they think that I grew up in a Pentecostal church, great church. Most of what I know to teach you today I learned there. Most of it. There were some things that we didn't get right. You, you could get, you, I remember when I first wore an Afro uh, pa- pastors yeah, I had one. What are y'all laughing about? <laughs> I haven't, al- been, uh, word, uh, uh, I haven't always been. What's that word? Pelon. I haven't always been pelon, huh? Uh, bald-headed. Uh, so, but I remember you could go to hell if you wore. The preachers would preach you go to hell if you had an afro. You know, if you if a, you were a woman and you put a little lipstick on, you were a Jezebel and you were going to hell. You know, you wore some slacks. You know, even some of the girls. The, the little girls, they, they couldn't wear slacks, shorts, so they wore dresses and, and, and P.E. But I'm just saying they were wrong. But they were so helpful in so many ways. So so many ways they were so helpful. Uh, and and uh, w- what I'm saying is that some of these things that, that I learned, and that was you can go to hell easily. You can go to hell for, for doing that. You can go to hell for playing basketball. You can go to hell for playing football. No, you can Go to hell if you are unsafe, but not for playing football. And so uh, a lot of people, even today, think that you can go to hell for this or not. But see, that's not accurate here. Because God gave you the promise of justification based on the work of Jesus Christ. And when you believe Jesus Christ, you believe in him. You believe he is the son of God. You believe he died for you on the cross. You believe that he he was raised from the dead by the glory of God the Father. He was raised from the dead out of approximately 117 billion people. Come on, everybody. And so let's keep talking about faith because somebody might misunderstand faith. So let me keep going. 16, by, by the way, let me just say again. Faith is not so that you can get more things and be led away from God by the things you got. That's not what faith is. Uh, Paul tells us, help me with this. Uh, by grace you have been saved through faith. By grace you have been saved through faith. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Now listen, so if, you, if it was of works, you could boast. But God t- has taken away boasting. None of us can say, well, I'm here because I've always been good. Men did also. I tell you. I tell you. That, that's okay in Spanish, but not in English, I can. <laughs> Listen to what he says here. Therefore it is by faith, verse 16, that it might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed. Not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Uh, That's big, mind-boggling. God gave him everybody. As it is written. Now, when the Bible says, as it is written, that means it can't be negated. Can't be changed. As it is written, I have made you, have made you, a father of many nations. Now, in the presence of him, in the presence of him whom he believed God. So God swore this thing, swore. God didn't have to swore, I swear, but God just confirmed it. He says it's almost like God is saying, look, this is what's going to happen. I swear by myself because wow. there's nobody else can, uh, that's higher than me. And so the highest authority in the universe says, as it were, as it were I swear. Wow. You're a father of many nations. It had to happen. And Abraham, I can see him in, in the little hundred-year-old self of course, he lived another 75 years, so maybe he wasn't so bent over. But he, but he said, he said, I believe it. You and I must believe what God has said about us. And one of the things that, yes, go ahead. Okay. Okay. So, so then, so he says, uh, yeah, he says, as it is written, I've made you the father of many nations in the presence of him, God, whom he believed, God. He believed God, who gives life to the dead. Now listen, gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Now I like that. That's my version, the New King James. But let me read the ESV. Now, now if you ESV people, you're not better than the NKJV people. <laughs> okay, no, don't be saying that. that's why I got to use the ESV. Now listen, but I, this is good. The ESV says, "In the presence of the God." in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead, listen, and calls into existence the things that do not exist. And so what he's saying is it's not like, oh, they're existing behind a curtain. No. They're not behind some curtain. They're not behind a veil. They're just not even in existence. And God says, speak something, and he calls something from nothing for you from me. How can we escape if we neglect so great salvation? Wow. Wow. So I want to talk to you like this, because if we're not careful, we'll think that our faith gets it. I've heard that preach before, and I'm not I'm upset with the people. I didn't call it any names. My faith, if, you, if I've got faith for a Rolls Royce, you got faith for a Volkswagen, don't be jealous of me. No. Faith is not, as it were, by your merit. I can't boast in my faith, oh God. I pray for faith, more faith. And every time I pray for more faith, I get more difficulty. And I know I get more difficulty. I know my life gets, in some ways, harder, but it gets a lot sweeter because I'm walking in faith. And you see, faith is predicated on the grace of God. It's not your faith. It's the grace of God that brought you to faith. You can't repent on your own. It's the grace of God. Let's walk this out. So it's not your merit because this promise, your faith, all springs from his grace. Let's walk in this thing. Let's walk it out. Let's walk it out. Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you there. Verse 18. Speaking of Abraham, he says, who contrary to hope and hope believe. Contrary to hope. It's like when you're 100 years old, you're supposed to have had a child. Your wife is now 90 or 89 point something, you know, and and she's now has never had a child. She's been infertile all your marriage. And you went into Hagar, you know, too willingly anyway. Yeah. Oh, you think it's a good idea, sir? Sure. <laughs> but, but he didn't waver at God. He didn't waver. The Bible said he didn't waver. Now, listen to this. This is, this is so powerful. <laughs> Where am I? <laughs> okay. So, who contrary to hope, and hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations, according to what was spoken, he became according to what was spoken. So shall your descendants be. So that was what it was. So shall your descendants be. Now, Genesis 15, 5 tells us that God brought him outside. So come on outside. And now look to, uh, toward heaven. Count the stars if you're able to, to number them. And he said to them, so shall your descendants be. And listen to Abraham. And not being weak in faith, that is not doubting, because once God tells you something, you will not doubt. Yeah. I've had to ask forgiveness because God has told me things that I doubt. I thought, well, maybe I made it up, God. But I know God, had, I didn't make it up. And so what the Lord did, started to talk to me in patterns. Yeah. I, I remember one, one <laughs> evening I called Pastor Stan. I said, let me tell you something. I said, blah, 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 blah. And I told him something. Else, da, 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 da. He said, hey, God's talking to you in patterns. And I thought, oh, really? And, and so from that moment, I've seen a plethora of patterns in my life that I had nothing to do with. I wasn't even smart enough to detect them. Now, don't think I'm a, you've got a dumb pastor here. Now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so he says, and so not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old. And the deadness of Sarah's womb, he did not waver. He did not vacillate. He did not doubt. The promises of God through unbelief, even though he knew there's no way I can bring this about. God's got to come through, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he, God, had promised, he was able to perform. And therefore, and therefore, it was accounted to him for righteousness. If you believe God, God said, that's what I want. I want righteousness from you. Amen. You and I cannot perfectly walk this thing out. I mean, I'm trying with everything I've got. Uh, Nathan called me one day and, and he said, let me tell you. Oh, I won't. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was about to tell you how he said it. But, but he, anyway, he said, he said, look at, look at Job 23:12." And in Job 23:12, 12, uh, the, the word of God says, I have not departed from the commandment of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. I said, oh, Jesus, that's me. That's me. That's me. I, I will live there. I will not, never again depart from the commandment of his lips, and I will always treasure the words of his mouth more than the food that I enjoy. And so Abraham believed that God was able to bring about whatever he had said. And I'm going to, I speak that over you who are receiving right now. That you will believe that for you, it's not too great if God said it. And whatever God has spoken to you, he is going to bring it to pass. The reason you're still alive is because God's going to bring it to pass in your life what he has spoken. And when God speaks to you, Don't say, that's just me. I think it's me. You don't know the wonderful things. You don't know how to verbalize those wonderful things. Say, yes, I receive in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Now, amen. Now, verse 23 says, it was written, it was not written for his sake alone. Not Abraham. It was not written for his sake alone. That it was imputed to him, but also for us. This righteousness was imputed also for us. Given to Abraham and the seed, Jesus came with the promise. And the seed of Abraham, Jesus. Jesus is the seed of Abraham. And he just gave it all to us. Lavish promise. How shall we escape? If we neglect so great salvation, but also for us, it shall be imputed to us and it's been imputed to me and to you who believe in him, who raised up Jesus, our Lord from the dead, Jesus, who I I inserted Jesus, Jesus, who was delivered up because of our offenses. God put him, he was the sacrificial lamb who died in our place because of our offenses. He was raised up on the third day because of our justification. That's what God has done for us. I hope this made sense to you. And this is what I'm asking. I'm asking that if you're here today or if you're online and you have not really given yourself to Jesus, maybe you've been vacillating, maybe you've been thinking about it. I'm telling you, I'm convinced that Jesus is God's Son, that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. You say, Well, Don Lovell, you weren't there. No, I wasn't. But there's something called grace, unmerited favor. One day, God just breathed. I don't know how He did it, but I had clarity. I had clarity like I'd never had, And, and that's happened to all of us. And we said, I believe. We may have been unbelievers, but we said, I believe. And we didn't believe just because we were looking for another venture, adventure, but we believed because of the grace of God that came to us. Let's not neglect it. And I want you, if you're here today and you have not received Christ as your Savior, it's not an embarrassment to do it. I mean, come on, guys. If you were about to drop into a a burning inferno, and somebody grabbed you, do they mean you harm? That's what the church is supposed to be, a place of safety where you can run in from the crazy stuff and we're not crazy too. And those of, those of you who know me know I'm always trying to get us out of the, in, the realm of insanity and craziness and worldliness and always talking about this political position and that political position and this is, we've got to save the country, we've got to save the country. No, we've got to save people. We want people to be saved through Jesus Christ. And that's how you save a country. You don't save the the country from outside stuff. You know, you got a better political system. No, they're all rotten. I can find some fault with every one of them. Autocracy, democracy. I can find a problem with all of them. And that's what I wanted to do with my life. I wanted to give my life for that. I'm so grateful that Jesus didn't let me because I've given my life to something better. That is helping people see that God exists. And so I'm going to come back in a minute. I'm going to come back in a minute. And uh, I'm going to invite you to Jesus Christ. Yes, ma'am, Sister Steph.